Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Believe in Chargers. And uh, the Chargers completed preseason week two, dropping to the Dallas Cowboys 32-18. to Obviously, the final score isn't really what we're looking for when we're talking about preseason football. We're looking for trends. We're looking for players who are going to erupt, potentially can make this team. And, you know, Lorenzo, lots of sloppiness uh, from week two. But first off and foremost, how you doing, man? How you doing? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. I, you know, made it down to the, the to down south, as we like to call it, you know, and uh, had an opportunity to kind of, you know, kind of get up and close a little bit. You know, you, you were like, low. We got to get out the training camp. You got to get out there and just, you know, get a feel of the guys and, you know, and see kind of what you think up close and personal. So I thank you for that, my my brother, that you were uh, born and you said, no, born, you kind of gave me the ultimatum. You're going or you're going to kick my butt. So I didn't want you to kick my butt, brother. So I uh, <laughs> got down there and, it, you know, it was great, you know, to see some of the Dallas coaches that I know and, you know, the head coach and I had a great conversation. And so, so I had a great conversation with, 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 you know, with Staley. And, and it's, uh, go ahead. No, and just just a chop, chop, chopping it up and and chatting it up, seeing you know, of course, to Drew Brees and all the greats and a lot of guys out there, and just just kind of getting the feel and kind of the heartbeat of the team and what you know, talking to the Spanos and you know, Dean and his sons, and just trying to see kind of what they're thinking and, and you know, and, and so uh, really excited about that. You know, I also think it's important, uh, you know, someone like myself. It's one thing to watch these guys on on TV. It's another thing to see them up close. I mean, you look at some of these star players. Looking at Derwin James, and I'm like, stand him next to this and ent- the rest of the entire secondary. He's three inches taller. He's way faster. It's like it, it, it makes sense why he's that man. You know, right. you look at Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack compared to everyone else in their position group. Like, oh my goodness, that, that's that's why they're making a hundred million dollars, right? right. I, I mean, I particularly to me, seeing Khalil Mack uh in those drills, he low, he still has it. He still has it, yeah, and he's expecting some big things. From Khalil Mack this year, you know, you and I, and both, a lot of people are. Yeah, people are like ah, he's on a decline, but you, you're absolutely right. Watching him out there in the drills and see him up close, and watching, like you said, Bosa, and just the little things, the attention to details, what those guys do, what makes them unique, what makes them, you know, unique and and dominant and 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 superior pass rushers. Those little intricacies that they do, those little things that other guys don't do, the way they warm up, the way they go about their training, the way they go about it, their day. It's just different. And some guys just have it, and some yeah. guys don't. And these two particular guys, they have it. They have that it factor, that work ethic, those intangibles that you just can't teach. You have to be born with it, but you have to develop at an early skill set. And that's what a lot of guys, you see those Derwin James and, you know, it's Cleo Mack and, of course, Bosa. And you see those guys. Another guy, you know, just watching because I covered the Niners close, is Big Trent. Watching the tackle – he talked about an innate ability just to have that inner that you just you built with that swag. They walk on the field, you just see them, and everyone just looks looks at them, and they just have a different aura about the way that they play, a different aura the way they walk, the different aura the way that they play. It's a step faster, it's a step stronger. It's just feel it different, right? Just different. You feel it, and guys, remember yeah. we are two three weeks away. From kickoff, Bills Rams week one on Thursday night going to kick us off. Oof, that is going to be an absolutely dandy of a matchup. I see the Rams are minus two and a half, so go to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events. Head over to bet online, use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive 50% welcome bonus 
on your first deposit. You know I'm doing that. Going to sprinkle a little bit on Josh Allen. I ain't betting against Josh Allen plus two and a half against the Rams. We all know Matt Stafford. You know, well-documented little elbow issue going on as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Rams are. Who do you got in that game? Well, that's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a physical game. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is a game that some people say could be a preview of the a Super Bowl. Yep. You know, Chargers got some other, you know, Chargers got something else on their mind. And so, so is the Niners got other thoughts on their mind. But this possibly, this is this game is not out of out of question to say, would it surprise you if these two teams were to meet at the end of the year? And people, to be honest, to say no, no pun intended, no, not trying to disrespect the Chargers or any other teams in AFC. But the Buffalo Bills, in, in my in just looking at it, that's the team to beat. I think the Chargers are the team to beat, of course. But I, I got the AFC championship game, Borna. You know, you and I, we talked about this earlier in, in our show that I believe that the Chargers and the Bills are going to be the AFC championship game. And I think that the Chargers need to get home field advantage. I don't say that they can't win in Buffalo, but if the Chargers have it at home, I, I like the Chargers. But getting back on point, uh, Buffalo. Buffalo's, go Buffalo's got a chip on their shoulder. They're going to come out, and I, I, I'm taking Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills to beat the Rams. No doubt about it. It's going to be a dogfight. We're here, though, to talk about our Chargers, and we you know we're recapping preseason week two. Some good, I'd say more so bad in week two. And remember, we're going to tell you how it is on the show, and we're going to analyze everything that we see. The Chargers special teams, they allowed two return touchdowns, both from former USFL MVP Kevontae Turpin in the first half. A kickoff return to start us off in the first quarter, and then a punt return in the second quarter. So you take a look at special teams, Lorenzo. This is something that needs to be cleaned up because you don't want to have a situation where you finally have a, a defense, where you finally tighten the screws. You have a defense that's a top 10 defense. We know that there's a very, very high likelihood, knock on wood, that this offense is going to be a lock to be a top 10 offense at worst. But you don't want your games to come down to situations where it's the special teams that has the hinges on the game. So, yes, it's the preseason. Yes, the results of the game don't matter. But this is the one area of the roster that coaches can meaningfully evaluate in the preseason. So talk to me, Lorenzo. Is this a site for concern that we're allowing two kickoff returns slash punt returns in the first half, meaning that it's going to be mostly primarily the special teams guys we're going to see this year? I'm going to get into the specifics, but areas of concern? No question. Absolutely. And you know what? When I say when I'm feeling great, I tell you, you know what? A word for me, one word. You say describe how you feel and describe how you play. And I say one word, legendary. And then when it's one word, when things are bad, and you'll hear this word come up a lot, when things are bad and worse than bad, I call it ferocious. <laughs> Yesterday, special teams was ferocious. There ferocious. you go. That's that's the word. When like, we'll we'll get in that later on. But when you think about special teams and, and especially just this team, I always talk about offense counts as a third, defense counts as a third, and special teams counts as a third. And you just alluded to this defense could possibly be a top ten, if not better. And if you're going to be a top 10 defense, you're going to take the ball away. You're going to get turnovers, but you're going to force teams to punt the ball a lot more. And if that is the case, your special teams is going to be playing a lot more. And if your offense that is scoring a lot of touchdowns, that means that you're going to be kicking off the ball a lot more. So that means that you're going to have to have your special teams geared up because it can change the game. One kickoff return or bad punt return fumbling the ball, putting the ground on the, turf, on the turf, on the carpet. That is a disaster. When you do that, like you talked about earlier, Borna, this 
takes the air out of the sails. It takes the air out of the balloon. And it's and it changes the whole the whole theme and the attitude of the team. So yes, should special teams be a concern? Absolutely. That's why Staley went out and hired a new coach. That's why they went out and said we got to revamp this special teams. And yes, we know the starters didn't play yesterday, but who played? The backups. And you know what? Backups are going to play a lot of special teams. Special teams yesterday was ferocious. No way around it. And the coverage unit for the kickoff return touchdown was JT Woods, who is our rookie third-round pick. You know he's going to make the roster. Troy yeah. Reader, a free agent signed as a core special teams player. Dean you Leonard, did. who's fighting for a spot. Josh Kelly, who's fighting for a key role on this offense and special teams. Right? Come on, Hall. Cole Christensen. Damon Lloyd. Brandon Sebastian. But these, at least half of these guys, outside of, of course, J.K. Scott and, and, the, and the long snapper, are going to be on this roster and are supposedly making their money in bread and butter via special teams. So absolutely, it's a concern. It's a huge concern, especially allowing two kickoff returns, slash, excuse me, one kickoff and one punt return. And then for the punt return, you had Dean Leonard, JT Woods, Lane Lloyd Christensen, Josh Harris, Xander Horvath, who is supposed to be the starting fullback and a key special teams guy. So, Lo, these aren't guys who are on the outside looking in. These are guys who are supposedly their their core special teams guy. We well, no, talked about no. how the Chargers hired a new special teams head uh, got, uh, coach and Ryan Ficken, who was previously with the Minnesota Vikings for a decade and a half. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully this can get fixed. But you know, what do you what do you do now as uh, if, if you're Brandon Staley? Low. Oh, it's not just Brandon Staley. It's now it's Ryan who's sick and who's the coach. Ryan, yeah. I tell you right now, I call the guys and say, look, uh, I'm having a meeting. I know tomorrow's your day off. I better see you guys in a, tomorrow's your day off. So today the guys are off. You don't supposed to be around the facility. I'm like, uh, uh, who wants? Oh, I'm going to be here this time. Who's going to show up? And let me tell you, like guys like Kelly and starting the fullback and these guys you're talking about integral part in the, on the special teams. Guess what, Verna? If they can't get it done, I get someone else because it, it's it, it's imperative that you have this special teams fixed. And here's the thing: a lot of these guys got to realize you're not going to be ever be a starter in this National Football League. You're never probably going to be. Kelly probably won't ever be a starter. I'm just telling you. I'm not hating. I think Kelly's a good running back. He's a good backup running back, and he's going to have to start a couple of games. But I'm going to tell you right now, he may not ever be a starter. So how is he going to make his cheese? How is he going to pay? And how is he going to pay his bills? And how is he going to do it? You have to say, what am I going to do to protect my job? And you have to be a killer special team. But we had Kasim Osgood on. Kasim Osgood played for 14 years in the National Football League. Special teams. And he, guess what? He was a fourth and fifth receiver. So didn't play a lot. But the team would never. So just think if receivers were down and you know Kasim wasn't necessarily a great receiver and you knew you could have better receivers out on the street, better receivers that just got cut. Do you think the Chargers would say, I'm going to not suit up Kasim Osgood because we hurting that receiver? No, because they knew this was a Pro Bowl game changer, got turnovers, hit you as a forcer on punt team. They knew he was a, the glue on the special teams. So, and, and he had a long career. So with that being said, what you're talking about is crucial that this is fixed. It's crucial that you find guys on this team that, that they make their living on special teams and quit worrying about being running back, second string running back or and second string linebacker. It's about the teams. You have to get better on the teams and you got to be dominant.
I love I love the passion because it's something that we've been seeing for so many years now. And it just needs to. It, I don't know where it just needs to change. And 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 you stole the words right from my mouth with Kasim Osgood. It was a pleasure having him on our show. And listen, a lot of it he talked about initially is mentality, humbling, right? I came in, I was a star yeah. receiver in college. Yeah. I came in and listen, I wasn't faster. I wasn't stronger than a lot of the guys in front of me, right? He was behind right. Malcolm Floyd, Vincent Jackson, so many others. You know, Malcolm Floyd, 6'6", six, six, target catching everything and anything. Right. But then he comes in, he's a three-time pro bowler in special teams and guys who are carving out big-time careers. So a lot of it needs to probably be a mentality shift that your special teams coach Ryan Ficken needs to instill in these guys' heads. Listen, Josh. You're going to be valuable for us offensively. But we have a guy named Austin Eckler who's going to take 95% of the load. Yep. You want to make a lot of money in this league? You want to play in this league for a decade and a half? Here is where it's going to happen, and it needs to happen now. And Brandon Amen. Staley, after this game, had some powerful words, Lorenzo Neal. He said, quote, I was disappointed because that's not the way we practice this week. And to come out there and play that way, they're going to learn a lot from that. Quote, they're going to learn that the entire NFL is watching and we are watching the entire NFL. That's mm. powerful words because you damn know that they got the Chargers got 10 plus coaches watching film of every special teams play of every special teams team in the NFL during the preseason yeah. because they're trying to find the next guy. So special teams is the way that players make it in the NFL. So Without a doubt. it doesn't get that much clearer than that. No, you're, 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 you're right. And, and that's the thing on special teams. You know, kickoff return over. How do you stop? How do you stop teams from running over the stop tops returns over the top stop return? So when you're running down and you know a guy's a guy's got his shoulder pointed to the sidelines to the say to the left sideline, yeah. you know you got to get over the top. You need to go to the right because if everybody's doing that and you have the backside, you cover each gap over the top stops return. You know they're trying to block you and put one shoulder up the field because they know that they're trying to kick you out that way, so you got to fight to get over the top. The Chargers were running out of running lanes last night. Guys were all over. Guys were sticking on blocks. You got to get free. You got to beat your man. You can be wrong even if you go underneath it. Even if you go wrong, you beat your man. You better hurry up and get back in your lane. Guys didn't do that. Guys were stuck on. They were like Velcro last night. They didn't come off blocks. And that's why Staley said, he goes, the league's watching. And he said, we're watching. Because teams now can say, look, the Chargers, we can win this game, special teams. It's going to come down to special teams. That's what the week one teams are saying. How do we find a weakness on this Chargers team? Well, look, we can get some hidden yards in special teams. We can flip field position. We can get a big play. We can score seven to ten points. We get a short – even if we don't score, we can change field position, get a short field for our offense, lead to three. So, yes, Borna, when you're talking about special teams, and I know we're on this, and I know it's only the second preseason game, and I understand they got another week to get it right. It's important. But it's very, very important. Very important. It's it, it, it's incredibly important. You know, and – uh Listen, we're not going to talk about this much more in, in, in this show, but all we're going to leave you guys on, and, and thank you guys so much for watching and, and growing this platform, is keep your eye out on this. Keep your eye out on this because we don't want to be in week 11, and this Charger team is, let's say, 7-4, and four, and they very well could have been 9-2 and two if their special teams didn't hurt them because they have the capability to be that good. Right. So let's let's just keep our eye out on that and hope that Ryan Ficken and company can change the narrative 
of this unit that's plagued this organization for the last decade. Nevertheless, let's switch it to the positives. Joshua Palmer, the third-round pick, year two guy from Tennessee, had three catches for 75 yards, including an 18-yard touchdown, a 41-yard completion on a contested catch down the field. Both came from Easton Stick. Listen, Josh Palmer, we are expecting a lot of big things from the second-year player as the wide receiver three for the Chargers, often compared to his guy, wide receiver one, Keenan Allen on the team for his great route running. Josh Palmer, expecting some big-time things this year. Imagine a lot of safety help coming from Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. It's imperative for teams to have a very solid weapon at that third slot. Remember, we talk about the Cincinnati Bengals. They have Jamar Chase. They have Higgins. But what about Tyler Boyd, who was a big-time playmaker because he only right. had one-on-one -on -one coverage, so it's important for Josh Palmer, and he had a bounce-back performance. Lorenzo, talk to me about Josh and talk to me about why it's important to have a third weapon especially when one and two and Keenan and Mike are getting a boatloads amount of attention on this team. It's important. No question. no question. And that's why I'm looking through a notes and maybe you could help me for Palmer is what he's, how big is he? Cause I like number five. What is, what is, you give me a stats real quick. Yeah. So Josh, so Josh is about six feet. I believe. Yeah. He's six, one, 210, uh, two, 210, six, one, 22 year old. He's a baby. He's a baby. Yeah. But where I was trying to get his size, because I like this guy, 215, 220. If he stays at a 210, 215, even, you know, because he's fast. And not only is he fast, he's strong and he's physical. I'm telling you, when I'm watching this guy play and watching his shift and watching how physical he can be, I'm saying he's a step down. And I'm saying, but he kind of reminds me of this guy that I'm watching here in San Fran. You know, I cover him close and you know where I'm going. Tebow, baby, because when you think about his physicality, big guys, look at his legs. He can run guys over. I don't know if you use him, you know, like they use in San Francisco, but when you think of Josh Palmer and look how physical, how he gets off blocks, how he separates, how he runs through, get on that bubble screen. He gets his shoulders. He gets north and south. The guy's not afraid of contact. I like this young guy, and I like him a lot, and I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a threat. And I, I guarantee you, he's going to have a lot of yak yards, yards after contact, because the guy can run over some secondary and he makes a miss. And I like it. He's quick. He's fast. And he's strong. You know, it's another thing, too. When starters and key contributors play in the preseason, you're looking for one thing from them, and that's dominance, right? When you're looking at guys like Josh Palmer can play against all these third, fourth stringers, this guy needs to produce. He needs to make them look silly. And he did just that on Saturday night for the Chargers. Again, three catches, 75 yards. I still want to see him get his targets. Had a beautiful contested catch. And call me crazy, Chargers fans. But go ahead and watch Devontae Adams' tape his rookie year. And tell me you don't see that from Icy Palmer. I'm telling you, they're both 6'1 products. Great route runner. Not the most elite speed in the world, but separation kind of speed. Those are two different no. levels of speed in the NFL. You have, you have barn burners like Tyree Kill, but you have guys who have quickness and separation right. on route running. And maybe they'll get caught by a DB, but they're going to create that separation to get the ball. So just keep your eye out on Josh Palmer. Listen, we're expecting big things from him, Chargers fans. And remember, we can't hammer this enough. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, those guys are going to receive attention and a half this year, okay? Right. So this is a guy who needs to prove that he can become a reliable and dependable target for Justin Herbert, and it's What'd going to be uh, very important. It is. What do you think on that bubble screen? What, what When they stood at the Palmer and you saw him, you know, and at the goal line on the seven-yard line, he gets hit and dragged. What what'd you think about that run? And when, when you looked at that run and how it developed, did you think it was a house call? What you tell me what you thought watching that morning? 
Well, first of all, I I think he's stronger than he than people you know take him for. I I think he's a guy who can run over people. I think he's a guy that you may not see it on the surface, but you hit it right on the head, Lorenzo Neal. Yak, yak, yak. And if somebody who's just going to get bigger and stronger, the more years he's in the league, the more hits he takes, the more understand how he learns to bounce off contact. That's another thing. And I think you can allude to this as a former professional. You learn kind of how to absorb contact the more years you play in the league. Can you talk about that a little bit? I think some people may not look too strong on the field, but you take a look at them and you're like, A, how does he keep getting up? And B, how does he keep slipping off tackles? This guy looks like he's 110 pounds. Absolutely. And, and when you watch Palmer, when he caught that middle screen, it was like he, he exploded. He got north and south. And a lot of guys looked and said, oh, my God, I got to hurry up and get to the sideline. He just was running straight north and south watching. And when guys hit, it's called just take it away, give it and take it away. So when the guys hit that shoulder, you take it away. So, bam, they hit you, but you bounce. You're just tweaking your shoulder and letting them take the ball. And now you don't just like, oh, I got to stay stiff and try to run him necessarily over. You hit him, and bam, your shoulder goes and kind of goes up. And now he bounces off you. And that's what you saw on that goal line. Guys kind of bouncing off because he's elusive. And that's just like the running back. We talk about Eckler. Watch Eckler. He's so shifty that he doesn't take big shots. Incredible. His body can be over to the right, and he's getting ready to go to the left. So they hit him with those shots but they're never big because he doesn't take on a whole man. I like the way Palmer's running, not comparing him to Eckler, but I like the way that he runs and takes it away from guys like you alluded to. That's how guys do it. You run, you make sure what they see is not what they get to hit. Don't let them hit the whole surface. Let them hit half of the surface, and now you can bounce off and continue to go north and south. That's poetic justice, Lorenzo. It's going to be big time. And it's a lot of its mentality too, right? North sure. and South shows that he's not scared to get right. licked. And right. there's a lot of guys who are gonna run east to west. I, I played football <laughs> when I was I played football when I was 10 years old. I was going east to west. I was no way I was going north to south. I was a little five three little Persian kid. I'm running into a six one kid. Heck no. I'm running to the sidelines. Um, and, but seriously, that's important. You want to be the initiator of contact. You don't want to be the recipient of contact. And that's the mentality that you love to see instilled in second-year receiver Josh Palmer. Now, let's go to your favorite player, Lorenzo Neal, Michael Dandy. Not Michael Bandy. Michael Dandy. Listen, we're not going to spend too much time on him. But Lorenzo, a guy who started camp on the outside looking in another day, eight catches, 69 yards. I mean – He's initially going to have a tough time cracking the 53-man roster because he was, he was the number six receiver, number seven receiver on the depth chart. But just based on the numbers, I mean, he's proving that he can be a quality NFL player. If he gets cut, I would be stunned if he cleared waivers. So what do the Chargers do? Tom Telesco already goes out and basically says, we're going to have three quarterbacks on this team. We're going to go Chase. We're going to go Easton. Of course, we're going to go Herbo. Usually, Norm says you're going to keep five receivers and some hopefully play a special teams role like DeAndre Carter. What do they do with this kid, Lorenzo? I mean, this guy comes out of nowhere. He's having an elite camp. And not only that, his elite camp is transiting into elite performances and games. But is there room for him? This is this is an incredible storyline. It's a very incredible storyline. I call him Bambi to Dandy. If he can get these special teams and maybe play wing and maybe go down and say, look, I'm going to you know, be on kickoff and do some of those things and and transcend this game and be that guy. You know, we saw a guy in New England, Larry Izzo, you know, played for years, you know, as a linebacker, a backup. But he's got to make himself, you know, he's got to make himself 
more than just that guy on offense because I sure. like the kid, but I love his smarts. Had an opportunity to chat with him, and I said, man, you're winning because of your, your, your heart and your mind. I said, you're winning because you're not the fastest. I had this conversation with another day when you and I were there, and I said, you're not winning because you're speed. And he goes, man, thank you. But you look at his story and see where he's come from and, you know, the travel that he had to take, the journey to get here. So he understands that. He understands that part of it. So he's a guy that understands he has to be a student of the game. He's a guy that understands that he's got to be the large and he can't be necessarily the Tyreek. He's going to have to say, how am I going to play and how am I going to win? Because you don't have to be the fastest and the strongest to win in the National Football League because I'm going to beat you with my smarts. I'm going to beat you off the line of scrimmage. I'm going to beat you with my quickness and I'm going to beat you with my deception. And that's what he is because he's a quarterback security blanket. He'll make Herbert, you know, when, when Justin, you know, when he's out there and Herbert looking for his receiver and if he knows that this guy's going to be at the right place at the right time, not for the big play, but just to move the chains, not for the home run, but just to make sure that they can stay consistent. That's what you want. He is a guy that is a chain mover, not a game changer. Absolutely. And it's very important that, you know, this guy's it's his first year in the league. So it, there's a very good chance that the Chargers may have just found themselves a diamond in the rough. And, and this happens. Like, this happens many times in the National Football League. The 5'10 product out of the University of San Diego. That's not even Division One football. <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. It, 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 it does not get better than that. And listen. This is not the first time we've seen stories like this. Lorenzo alluding no. to some other players. So if the Chargers think they found themselves a, a true keeper here, you got to make some tough decisions. And, and, and that's what Tom Telesco gets paid a lot of money to do. Do you yeah. go against traditional norm and have six receivers on your team? But you brought up one point that's very good. It's if Michael Bandy right now, I would still say he's on the outside looking in for a plethora of reasons. But if he can prove that he can change the narrative just a little bit on special teams should be a lock to make this team because, yeah. you know. You're right, because other guys, the other guys, like you're saying, Borna, other guys on the team that we look at, we said, hey, they have been a lock. They pose a play special teams, but they're backups. They're not doing what they're on the team for. See, these guys that are on the backups, they think they're on the team to be backups. No, you're on the team to be a special teams guy that just so happens to play backup that you're backup running back. Because exactly. you can always find a backup running back, a backup receiver, a backup, you know, type, but you can't find backup necessary special teams. So your special teams, that's their job. Special teams is their job because guess what? They're a starter on special teams. They're starting. And that's what guys got to, and that's what you're talking about. You're asking me, Lo, what is it? Because they got to change, and you've been hitting it on the head. You've been talking about the mentality. The line's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. He's not the he's not the you know in the, in the jungle, but it's just his mentality. Preach, and it's his heart that makes him. You know, come on. The the the, the, the we know the, the freaking elephant is stronger. The rhinoceros, all these animals are stronger. The cheetah's faster. All of them are bigger, stronger, faster than the line. But the mentality, all these guys that we're talking about. The mentality is not right on special teams. They're looking at themselves. Oh, I'm a I'm a backup player in the NFL. You are a starter. Yes, on sir. special teams. Special teams counts as a third. I keep telling you guys, offense counts as a third. Defense counts as a third. But special teams counts as a third. And you are a starter in the league, fellas. If you're watching the show, me and Borne are preaching life to you right now. We're <laughs> life. Grab it. Embrace it. You're a starter. 
you are a starter. And it's so important because we kept saying it. We don't want it to be week 10 and this team's six and five, seven and four. We're like, they could be nine and two if they didn't allow a kickoff return, a punt return, missed a field goal. And it's all about the discussions we're having right now on August 21st, 2022. So it's going to be a dogfight. Lorenzo, you uh, you you got your inner choir going on on this on this Sunday afternoon, man, preaching to the choir because it's it's it, it, it's it's really important. It, and again, it's really important. So we're gonna wrap it up shortly, everybody. Remember, this is brought to you by betonline.ag, your number one source for all betting needs. I think we're gonna wrap it up, everybody, with a little bit of a running back talk, and then we'll leave y'all to it. But you know, Lorenzo, we still haven't found a, a, a clear second running back on this team. And we talk about it probably week in and week out on our show that we cannot afford Austin Eckler to take the amount of brunt that he took last year or else we ain't going to be talking about Austin Eckler in 2024. You know, we talked about Devontae Freeman and how his career was cut short because the Falcons never had a formidable RB2. Tevin Coleman was hurt all the time when he was trying to back up Devontae Freeman. You have a guy like Josh Kelly. You have a guy like Isaiah Spiller. You have a guy like Larry Roundtree. None of them, the three, have separated themselves. Prior to last night's game, the consensus was that Josh Kelly was going to be that second running back. But the concern is that he did not have a good outing. He dropped his lone target in the backfield. He exploded for one nine-yard run, but besides that was limited to 18 yards on seven carries, which is just slightly over two yards per carry. A, when is this going to be solved? And B, talk about, Lorenzo, the importance of of relieving Austin Eckler of some carries because we need to preserve his longevity. This guy is a Swiss army knife he in the is. backfield for the Chargers. He is. And you you got to – and I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know – to be honest, I don't know if they have their true number two on this roster. Now, I'm just being what I've seen thus far. I like Roundtree. Roundtree ran hard last night. What, what was it, what did it end up? I watched him. He was physical. He got north and south. When you think about Roundtree, he's not afraid to – he's not afraid to – uh, to go north and south, he'll try to run you over. He's physical. He'll drop his shoulders. So, and but Kelly, Kelly's supposed to be that guy. And that was a big third down. He runs that angle route. That angle route, the ball hits him right in the hand. He could, has a chance to keep the chains moving, and he doesn't. And to compound that, he doesn't play great on special teams. So, no, I don't know when this is going to be solved. I think that you're going to right now, it's going to be by committee. I don't think that you're going to have a true number two. I think the running back coach, Lynn, who played running back in this league, I think he's going to be on the sideline and the, and the head coach is going to say, whichever one you want to go with, because none of them are separating themselves. So I think the two is going to be all, all three of the backup guys are the true two, but you're only going to suit up probably three running backs. So. Somebody's got to, someone's got to stand out, but right now, no one, in my opinion, has separated themselves. And it's and and, and these three guys should should want should be relishing this opportunity. I mean, you have a chance to be the second running back on a Super Bowl contending team in the National Football League. No one separated themselves to to, to solidify this role. This is what it's all about. This is what you were playing Pop Warner football as a seven year old to dream for this kind of opportunity. So it's important. That one of these guys, and I'm looking at Isaiah Spiller. He left the game with a little bit of an injury. Brandon Staley said it won't be too serious, which is good to see. But these are the things that you look for. These are the things that you would hope that one of these guys can separate themselves. So it's yeah. going to be a hell of a run these next few weeks. I'm already itching. I can't wait till we host the Raiders sure. week one, Lorenzo. I can't wait, man. When is football going to start? When, when am I going to hear Jim Nance, Tony Romo? Right. Fuck, when am I going right. to hear all these people? Right. I, I'm, I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. And I'll tell you right now, 
watching Dallas Cowboys and watching their running backs, they're going to have some running backs that get cut. And just watching the way 24, 34 hit the hold, nine yards, a yak yards, the Cowboys got some guys. And that's what you don't think. They got good runners. That the Chargers aren't watching and looking at that scouting department. Oh, my God, watch this guy. They're watching tape of all these backup guys as well. So watching the Cowboys, don't be surprised if some of those guys, you know, end up getting worked out by the Chargers. It's just football, brother. It's football. It's football. Like, just, you know, you're a Charger until you're not. You're a Cowboy until you're not. That's what it's football. I mean, you talk about Rico Dowdle. I mean, the running back for the Cowboys last night, 13 carries, I think 44 yards, 50. Explosive north to south, not that east to west like me. So, uh, yeah, lots, lots to absorb these next few weeks, Chargers fans. Remember, it's going to be an action-packed 2022-2023 campaign with Lorenzo Neal. And myself, Born Azar, going to give you guys post-game live streams right after Chargers games, recaps and previews. It's going to be a, a, a barrage of Chargers content, and we're, we're, we're excited for it because this is an important year. We're looking for a lot of growth from head coach Brandon Staley. We're looking for f- some growth from the special teams, this organization as a whole, and we're expecting some big things this year, and expectations are higher than the Empire State, and rightfully so. Mr. Lorenzo Neal. Lorenzo, give give the viewers a little 30-second ending statement. Give them some confidence as we head into preseason week three. Absolutely. And I know the big 4-1 at times, you know, I was 41 in your program, hopefully number one in your heart. And sometimes I can just be, uh, you know, I have to temper expectations. But also sometimes I get so caught up in the passion that I just got to realize that it's still preseason. And trust me, just like I'm preaching to you all out there, and me and Borna were preaching to you guys about the importance of special teams, don't think for one minute that Brent Staley's not teaching and not preaching and not trying to get these things corrected. No he doubt. understands if his team is going to get where we all want them to go, special teams is going to play key. So don't think that I'm just trying to bash. We're trying to bash his charges. No doubt. We're saying without a doubt last year, if special teams played better, this team is a shoe in to the playoffs. You all know that. And we're just trying to make sure that the coaching staff, the organization, the fans understand that special teams is going to be key. And I think they're going to get it right. So thank you guys for listening. And don't worry. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right, everybody. It's been (laughs) Borna for Lorenzo Neal. Take care, everybody. Bolt up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.